Oh, and I gave in to temptation and started reading the Dragon Ball Super manga. I don't foresee an anime popping up anytime soon. That's fine. I try not to um, pay much attention to it, but because I'm subscribed to um, YouTubers and YouTube knows that I have an interest, like sometimes if I'm playing like a YouTube video and I'm in the shower or something, it starts playing. Autoplay brings it to like some Dragon Ball Z thing, or I see um, stuff in the the DBZ news, like you know that is pop that's just in the, the thumbnails. Mm-hmm. So many of those things are huge spoilers and shit like that. So I've absorbed a little bit of information. Like I know that one of the next big enemies is Morrow. I think. Vegeta. Well, Moro's already down. Yeah, Vegeta either learned the Hakai or Ultra Instinct or something, or he has some sort of new new technique revolution that was like a really big deal. Um, I don't know. I'm, I try not to pay attention very much. I think Broly is in the main storyline right now or something too. No, the bring him up but that's all it, he doesn't make the parents no, okay. which is funny but they do bring him up yeah but you can see I'm, I'm deliberately trying to not remember when I see it you know what I mean like I'm deliberately avoiding it but I, I don't foresee there being an anime I really don't I mean I, I know I know you believe they're gonna come back but they ended right after the tournament of power and they've been de- they, they've been deliberately doing nothing but making movies I just don't know. I don't know if it's COVID or something. Other anime are doing just fine during this pandemic. I mean, My Hero came back just fine. We're kind of like Demon Slayer Season 2 is coming. I I mean, if they're making anime, I don't foresee it coming maybe in 10 years because it took them forever to to make Super. And that was just Toriyama saying, I want to continue the... the, the, Well, not Toriyama, but somebody who worked on the Toriyama wanted to continue the story. Oh my God, Dragon Prince is not... Well, I think that was like that was like they had finished. I mean, not finished, but they had like their last season way before COVID. Well, yeah, but they they had to delay it due to COVID. I know that. They've got like four more seasons planned, which is only like one season's worth of episodes, but still. I just don't foresee. Um, I just don't foresee another anime for Dragon Ball coming up. Like, I really, really, I almost, I really, I'm, I'm, I'm pessimistically saying that I don't think there's going to be any more. Uh, mainly because of the fan outcry of how bad the animations were. I feel like when they made Super, the anime, they were kind of rushed to doing some of the stuff that they, they, that they did anyway. The animation um, was fantastic towards the end. It was just the beginning. Yeah, but people, fans were complaining about small little scenes that they weren't even supposed to see because they were in, 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 a, in like a part of a motion. Like, of course, they're not going to look good during a during a, a quick motion like they have been doing, but I don't know. I just don't know, because Toy's got other projects going on, for sure. Um, so I don't even know what else Toy's even working on, because they weren't working on Digimon, but Digimon ended. Hold on, let me look up. Toy Animation, what else they got going on? They're still working on One Piece, and that's not going to end anytime soon. Well, it's gonna end, but it's like it's too. Like I know the I know the creator says that he's he's rearing up on that end. Oh yeah. Uh, Dragon Quest. 
that anime is still going on. I'm not sure how long that's gonna go. They work on a Sailor Moon. They do have Dragon Ball Super listed on here, but nothing of substance. Like the Dragon, they slow an animation for the movie Super. I don't see, I don't see anything for the superhero movie, which is odd considering that that's their next big project. I think they want to hype that up. Working on the Sailor Moon, and Yoko didn't like that at all. Oh my god, when are we starting the podcast? I mean, this podcast has already started. What? When did you do the opening? You brought up everything else. I was just doing that. I was just getting into the conversation. I mean, with that, that was a good segue to opening. We're back for uh, the next podcast episode in October. We took an entire month. Well, we didn't take an entire month off because I did I did a podcast by myself for one week, but it didn't go well, so I, I just said nope, we're just skipping the rest of the See, month. You need, you need me for all for all the sadness, for all the grief I give you. You need me. I'm not gonna live this down, am I? I'm the only one who across but, the fire for you. You know what I'm gonna do? Na, 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 na. And I'm the, okay. I'm done. Lower the music down in the background a little bit. It was overpowering you, funnily enough. It was overpowering. It's, I'm a very powerful singer. I have a tough time believing that. Okay, we're back on this episode. We're going to talk about uh, the last three episodes of My Hero Academia. Um, I think I there's also... Maybe you were challenging me to sing louder. No, I was not challenging you to sing louder, no. Are you sure? I'm positive. I can I am, try. I am 100% positive. I don't need you singing any louder. You were just going on about how I wasn't singing strong enough. You're like, oh yeah, my, my thing overpowered you. If you want me to try harder, I can try No, harder. no, 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 no. We're going to move on with the, with the topics Forrest of this. Forrest says if you can't sing good, sing loud. That's all I'm saying. That's bad advice. Oh. So what are we re- reviewing today? Uh, One Piece, you said? Oh, my hair academia's episodes. Well, we have on here 101, 112, and 113. I thought you didn't review 110 with me, but maybe you did. I don't remember. Uh, I don't know. I might not have. I might have given you. I mean, I've been. Batman's parade. Actually, you know what it is? I used your notes last time. That's what. That's what it was. You were there in spirit. If you used my notes and I haven't watched the episode in a month, I'd, I think we can probably let that one slide. I mean, you were there in spirit. I remember that. So I guess we'll skip our sad man's parade. Did you hang up on yourself? Is that what you mean? Jesus. <laughs> Towards the end, did you say something obnoxious and hang up on yourself? No, actually, I don't think I said anything that ends the podcast. I guess we'll get that treat at the end of this. Uh, okay, so we're going to... Basically, these are the last couple... Of, well, the first two are, like, origin story heavy for Timura, uh, Tenko Shimura. Well, Tinker Shimmer and then tar- uh, Tomura Shigaraki. And then the last one is just a segue into the next um, the next arc that happens. I believe it's gonna. There's no official date, but we know season six is coming. So I I think March of 2022 is usually when they like to start this. Mm-hmm. Um, March March April. So like there'll be several months of no My Hair Academia talk um, on this podcast unless we segue into random. Uh, head cannon, which could 
could happen. Um, I guess with that, we're going to start with episode 101, Tenko, uh, Tenko Shimura's Origin. Um, I want to bring up that uh, I don't think they were trying to get us to feel sorry for uh, Shigaraki growing up, but I'm going to say that in these, these two episodes, uh, um, it's probably deserved that. Which is kind of harsh to say. <laughs> Even his older sister deserved what, ha what happened to her. So what um, you're saying is because the older sister lied and said that he did something that he didn't do, she deserves to walk out, see the family dog ripped into shreds, and then have well, her not that, but the, when he when he and destroyed by by someone that can make things disintegrate with his mind. Well, no, it was mine. It was his touch. But, I just I mean, think that like maybe you might you might have a really different like definition of justifiable than I do. I feel like maybe your your definition is I, I don't know. I, I, I'm so, more sociopathic. I, I think is the word I'm looking for. I'm not sociopathic, Jesus. I mean, you could probably tell take that what I just said as sociopathic, but I'm not sociopathic at all. I'm I'm just saying that like I don't think the point of that episode or those episodes was to make us feel bad for him, but I I can't help but feel bad for him like all all this really started i guess we'll just we'll just, we'll just do it as we'll talk about what, whatever we want to talk about because these episodes are kind of conjoined together anyway it's like one big run-on sentence but uh but um i feel personally uh nobody deserves a die i'm gonna let that be no one deserves a die but at the same time when you have family members who who know what's happening to you is wrong letting it happen because they don't, because they, because uh, they know of a of a back of a background that you have because you, your your mother abandoned you, quote unquote, uh, as a kid because she was a hero. It was it was her job, um, and you want to raise your kid to not be a hero. Anytime he brings this up, that's his dream. You punish him by slapping him, beating him over the head with a of a garden shear. Or whatever the heck that was, that uh, that thing he grabbed when uh, Shigaraki was unknowingly, unbeknownst to him at the time. Well, later he says he kind of thinks he knew already, but unbeknownst to him at the time, as a, as a five-year-old kid, destroying the terrain underneath him. Mm -hmm. I, I feel like you, you, you can't you can't say that like they didn't have it coming. Like it, it's 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 the whole like don't bully somebody into a corner and then expect them just to walk away after a certain amount of time something's gonna happen you don't know what's gonna happen but something's gonna happen i feel like in a situation like this i feel like he was being bullied by the by the people that should have been protecting him yeah i get that his father has baggage but he shouldn't have been putting that baggage on his son right like th th that i i i like honestly like his father his mother and his sister and everything, like you know, like I, 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 don't, I feel kind of bad for them because like they, they kind of just got destroyed without him even knowing what was happening. If, mm -hmm. if shoot, but his father, on the other hand, saw what was happening and instead of trying to figure out what's going on, grabbed some a garden item and then whacked him over the head with it, and then was shocked that his son jumped him. Like, I'm sorry, but like, I may be in the wrong here, but like I feel like that was coming. Like, you don't. You don't bully somebody or beat them over, you know, or subjugate them so many times and expect that just to pass over. Something's going to happen, a psychotic break or whatever. Hypothetically, it would have been okay to do that to Endeavor. 
<laughs> I mean, yes. I'm just trying to follow your logic here. That's all. I just. I mean, yes. I mean, if if if, if like if Shoto had a had a mental break and then burnt his father to a crisp, yeah. I mean, he would have had it coming. Okay, I was just just. I mean, yeah, he would have had it coming. I mean, I had to be fair here. I had to be. I I can't be a hypocrite. I had to be fair here. Yes, if he had a if he had a mental break and burnt his father to a crisp, yes, he had it coming. But um, like the, like the wife did. Like the wife kind of flipped out. Well, she didn't burn him. She burnt her son over uh, over a mental break. Yeah, yeah. Shoto didn't have that coming. No, no, no. no. I understand. Completely different. Yeah. But back to Tomer Shigaraki, <laughs> I just I just feel like all that was like as bad as it was, as horrific as it was. Yeah. It, yeah. It, a lot of it, a lot of it was coming. I mean, his sister tried to apologize, but then freaked out after her dog was dead, which is understandable. I almost wish he didn't run because he couldn't speak and he didn't know what he was doing. <laughs> I mean, um. That was a that was a shock. I mean, everything was just rotting around him. <laughs> speaking of rotting, his quirk was ridiculously powerful as a kid. Um, which leads into my other thing. I remember talking to you. I had this theory because I know you said that you thought it was odd that power ups were happen were happening here. I, my my theory for this, and it's my own head cannon, but after watching this for a second time, kind of makes me believe this theory a whole heck of a lot more. What was the um? What was the Liberation Army's like main goal? It was to liber liberate people to be able to use their quirks however they wanted, and uh, you know, release as much as they, like do as do as they want with it. Um, only three people here had this happen to them in the course of their interaction with them. One of them was uh, was uh, what's her name? Toga. Toga. The other person was twice. Shigaraki was a third person. And now I'm gonna like Toga. Uh, Toga. I have a like. I was able to pull some stuff out with her. But not a lot because um, I mean her bigger her, her her bigger liberation was just you know coming to terms with who she was and what she wanted to do, and just listening to her whole personality with her quirk and you know how you know she likes people's she likes taking people's blood, but um she mentions that at one point before her quirk allows her to copy Oraka's ability that she was simply just hiding. Because people wouldn't bother her if she looked like somebody else, or if she looked like some innocent schoolgirl. That seems like a, an attempt to hide from who you were, because you know what's going to happen if people found out who you were. Also, also, like I don't think Toga really is a high school girl or whatever. I don't know. It, they didn't really seem like she wasn't, you know, uh, uh, in school. Granted, I mean she wasn't in school, but I don't know. They, they made it seem like she wasn't like truly a middle school girl or whatever like maybe she was maybe something else happened to her in her past i have no idea but um twice on the other hand i feel like this is a good example of being liberated twice had spent most of the series that we've known him contemplating whether if he was the real him or not only for him to accidentally get liberated by um, having his arms broken finding out that he really was him Thus, letting his letting him use his quirk at its most at its one hundred percent effectiveness. This man was able to like unleash the clones. If if anything, this is a literal episode. They should have named the Attack of the Clones. Seriously, oh they should have they should have named the Attack of the Clones. Yeah, that's where you're going. You're gonna talk about Attack of the Clones. 
you saw that episode. How many clones did he even make? Crawl Ollie, like, jeez. I'm just if he was Santa, it would have been a Yuletide. That's all I'm saying. Oh dear. And then on to um, Shigaraki. Essentially, his is an odd case is that his quirk was always really powerful, but he locked it. He he mentally locked it behind uh, a, a mental a mental break that had his memories get removed from him for a couple of times for a couple of, like for for years at a time, and then they came back, allowing him to use his quirk at its one hundred percent effectiveness. And all I have to say is, uh, this is a problem. He can decay attacks before they get to him. It's ridiculous. Oh yeah, he's pretty broken at this point. He he can decay attacks before they get to him. It's like okay, this is a problem now. Like he he's no longer afraid of his ability, or he's no longer locking it uh, mentally behind uh, a wall in his own brain that he didn't know was there, only for it to break the moment he got his memories back. Uh, <laughs> so it's like like that. I guess that's the liberation in its in a, in a very weird way. It was more like he had full he had his ability fully unlocked, but he locked it behind a mental a mental wall. A mental gate, and then as soon as he got the key to the gate, everything kind of just like went went straight to hell. Well, I mean, everybody else I felt like was breaking past their walls in one way or another. Like twice was kind of breaking past his wall and realizing that he was like a whole person. Um, you know, the other characters seemed like, except for the um, the guy uh, compressor man like he's the only one that didn't seem like he had much plot growth in this but the other ones all had some sort of breakthrough when they went through a wall but there was this constant theme with uh, Shig Shigaraki that he was like coming out of a cocoon like you see it like with him um, breaking out like several different times in this and I, I feel like that was like a completely different thing for him that he like he wasn't necessarily breaking through a wall so much. As I mean, he wasn't getting more, more powerful because all all that power he had was already within him. He just he, he literally his mind as a kid literally was afraid of what what was happening or what he was capable of, and literally put a gate up. Now the other thing you're talking about, like where he was coming out of Akuma, yeah, he was changing as a person and growing as a person. Literally, I think he probably only he was probably the only one who really sustained some serious growth out of all this because he started he started to act more like a leader versus acting like a pawn yeah but and... think about it this way it's it's about locking it's about locking yourself inside right like you surround yourself when you have a cocoon like it's still inside of you it's just locked away for a little while you put yourself away in a cocoon and that in a lot of ways is what he did he lost his memories he lo he forgot about like the extent of his powers and uh he was constantly like itching like trying to get through this skin of his do you know what i mean like get, get it out so that he could break through and you see like all this like pent up something you know depending on the situation that finally comes out like in the original one like when he killed his parents like he's sitting there itching against it almost like he's trying to break through something and then he finally itches itches through and he like he goes on this like breakthrough rampage and kills off his family and then you see him kind of lock everything away again like he had it all locked away all that anger negative feelings that he had had from like his family and being denial saying he wanted to be a superhero and then kind of being beaten and you know what i mean he was locking it all away and saying no i still want to be a superhero and then finally that broke and the cocoon broke and like all this itching stopped because he wasn't trying to get out of it anymore but then he after the breakthrough he locked himself away again and he was locked away for a long time 
and then something needed to kind of whittle him away so that doctor um told him to fight Machia so he starts like battling Machia and he's getting worn down worn down worn down more to the core like every day sleeping for four hours and fighting nonstop after that and that's basically like a kind of a stage of all for one conditioning him because then when uh Yotsubatsu like sees him and he like sees him running around and his movements and stuff like that despite being exhausted like his powers are just exploding already like he's being able to like wipe people out in mass already like without even fully understanding what he's doing but then Yotsubatsu sees it and he goes like you've been training like intensively like way more intensively than I was giving you credit for and so you see this moment where he's like sorry um, you see this moment where he's like trying to like resolve that and um <clears throat> hang on a second uh-huh. so you see help. this moment where he's like kind of like trying to like come to terms with that he's like why is this guy so good right now he's got movements like a cat like he's flying around like this is only something that happens if you've been like through brutal incredible training but that's exactly what he's been doing like non-stop with Machia like just he was getting himself worn out but he was also you know down to the core but he was also getting more powerful so suddenly when he does finally break out of this you have that cocoon imagery of all those hands covering his body like covering his face covering his body and then he rips them off and it's another cocoon like instead of like scratching them off like with his hands like now he's literally ripping things off of his body and there is a quote somewhere where he they talk about him um pulling them off as if it was like kind of like no longer necessary like i'd have to find the quote in my notes but you see this moment where he's like kind of pulling him off as if it was kind of a cocoon like that he's pulling off of his body and then he doesn't need those anymore and then um you know but you know in the time like when he like if you want to add on to the cocoon thing like that he had he took on a new name and he covered himself in those those things before he like became like the new redestro then he breaks out of that and he becomes the new redestro and then the first thing he does is go into a cocoon and now they're literally using cocoon imagery you know what i mean with the, with the thing that he's in and he's going to go through four more months of pain as he breaks out of that but like over and over and over again you see him emerging and then going in and emerging and going in and like going through all these layers of evolution and i think that's really really cool and i think that's one of the powerful things that we got out of this that like he's got those layers that he's breaking through as he goes through but like they're symbolic and literal I agree i just think this is just dangerous because shigaraki was not this complicated when he first got introduced uh, even when they did reveal like where he started from, which was from nothing, I remember wondering what happened to him as a kid, cause like he he was he been through some like I don't know what happened to him. Like, well now we gotta figure out now we got a good idea of what happened to him, and a better idea of like what happened to him after he destroyed his family's home, uh, and his uh, in his tantrum state. Well, not tantrum, actually in his um, that's psychotic. He he he. He looked like he like he was having many heart well not many heart attacks. But it was like he couldn't speak. I don't know the word word for this, but he like he couldn't breathe. He was literally destroying things before his very eyes, not knowing what was happening. Only for us to find out later on that um as you bring up your notes that you know it brings more creators to the whole idea that Crooks also has something to do with your personality. That uh 
all he ever wanted to really do was destroy but that kind of i think i think that's also more about like the type of like environment he was raised in because another thing too is like shigaraki um with the whole cocoon thing and him changing and breaking through things i think his entire at least couple of, i think his hair was getting whiter because by the end of all this his hair is a pure white mm-hmm. like he like he's like in his purest state right now nothing but pure destruction and i remember that noticing that most um clearly in episode 112 around 1608 that he was standing there with the shadows over his eyes and his hair was white and i remember a very similar scene with deku because you know the bruises on him are like really similar to how deku gets beat up at the end of a lot of his fights and the bruises that were covering him on his leg i mean maybe not his foot so much but you know with deku they were on his hands usually but the bruises covering his body and all the damage he'd taken plus his white white hair was like and the shadows of his eyes, over his eyes, reminded me of Deku. There's a scene like that where Deku stands there with a shadow over his eyes. And when then they they did this kind of transpose where you see um, All for One standing there too with shadows over his eyes as he reaches out to him. And that made me think of um, what we've talked about many times about how I get really stuck on the fact that All Might, um, his eyes basically disappear sometimes because they get covered in a shadow like that too. So it was just interesting because I think those are the only four characters that really have shadows cover over their eyes, and they're the four heads in that sense. Um, you know, and I think the way his hair is blowing in the wind is even similar to how Deku's was blowing in the wind in that scene. That like it was just kind of like whispering back and forth. So I was uh, I was excited by that imagery. I just thought it was another example of how this is a really high quality anime. I guess before we move on, I want to also bring it. Um, you thought Deku and Shigaraki comparisons. Um, before Shigaraki was villainized, uh, his little him as a little kid, like, at the purest point of his like life of happiness, he a lot of that reminded me of Deku. Um, specifically, like if Deku had been raised in that environment, this is probably what he would have turned into. Because um, like one one of the few things that Shigaraki brings up that I remember actually Deku bringing up a lot was the fact that he wished his parent, his mother, would have said something specific to him, and it involved actually being about uh, about being a hero. Both of them really wanted their parents to say one thing to them that would make them happy, which is to be a hero. But unfortunately, none of them did. None of the adults in their lives did. I think even Deku says their parents are uh, words are absolute. I think he he says something like that to that effect um, very early on before Deku gets a quirk. Um, but it's like it's in the situations like what happened to him is a lot different than what happened to Deku. You know, Deku's mother just consoled him and cried a lot, but while being sorry. But in Shigaraki's case, his mother did the best she could while also not trying to step over, step on the toes of her husband, who she was trying to uh, re- not respect, but like um, at least keep him happy too. Uh, but in the situation, it, it just things kind of went downhill much faster because you know Shigaraki had been treated much differently. Um, in Shigaraki's case, it's different than Deku's as well as that he also had a father in his life. Uh, as far as we know, Deku's father had been absent. Um, I also found something interesting too. Um, there's actually some words from the crater saying that Deku's father will actually indeed make an appearance in the show. In the, in this stuff, I don't know when or where, but he's supposed to actually show up. So That's we'll. We'll, we'll, I have we'll f- sort of a weird feeling that it might be All Might. It's not him, because like All Might never, as far as I know, like All Might, he never had time for relationships. 
Well, I and mean, that means even ha being in bed with a woman. <laughs> whoever, whoever Deku's father was didn't have time for a relationship either. But yeah, um, but I just th I thought about that. One of my notes was on episode one eleven at eleven eleven or so. Um, Shigaraki's grandmother kind of looks like Deku's mother, and we have that family ties thing with you know the previous All Might and everything else. It just struck me as like. I don't know. I agree that it's unlikely, but it just struck me as a little too fitting with the storyline to completely disregard the possibility that All Might was, I mean, with the paternal attitude that he takes towards him and how he's completely under his wing and everything else, and the fact that neither of them have a quirk, um, and you know that quirks kind of like follow suit from you know down the line so as far as i can tell the mother doesn't have a quirk like we've never heard of the mother having any quirk that either so whose mother deku's mother what's her quirk uh she can make things float a little bit oh well anyway then um but like the deku doesn't have a quirk and that's you know quirk or possibly lack thereof is passed down genetically you know and quirks are similar to the next person if they do get passed along so deku got his trait from the father all Might doesn't have a quirk, supposedly. Deku doesn't seem to have a quirk of his own. He has nine others now, but whatever. I'm still, why but, are you so stuck on the fact that All Might has a quirk? All Might... Well, for the sake of this conversation, let's say he doesn't. But the idea that, like, All Might is the only other character we know of that doesn't have a quirk, supposedly. And... I was on a point of that there's no way Dick oh my could be his father because they don't look alike. There's nothing they don't have a physical similarity at all. Like they really don't. Like he's blonde, deku has got like blackish green hair. Okay, but like what does Shigariki look who does Shigariki look like? None of the none of his family. He looks like his father to an extent. Even in like a mix of his even a mix of his grandmother. That's a reach, dude. No, I I, I can see that. Now that's that's not a reach for me. I can actually see that. It's not even me trying to be funny. That I, I I really I can really see the similarities between those two. Are you two. being like racist? Is that what you're doing? You're saying they all, all all they all look the same? Is that what you're trying to say? No no. Why are you taking? Because <laughs> No anyway, it's just that All Might All Might has a very fatherly feeling towards Deku. He's the only other character in the series that doesn't have a quirk, as far as we know, and like. And here we have, like, a family tie with the previous All Might, you know, being the uh, grandchild and huge parallels between these two characters. So the story would make it work. They're, they're not drawn the same, and it seems like it's a little bit of a reach, but, like, it, it does, fit, it does but, fit in kind of like a puzzle, too. My thing is with that, I mean, even if he doesn't, I mean, even if I agree with the whole idea that he doesn't have to look like his father, he's still, there's still be, uh, like, a trait or something from him that he would still have, and I don't see a similarity well, at all. The are constantly drawn as similar. So, I mean, other characters have the same personality like him, like, they want to be a hero, they want to uphold the peace. I mean, screw Bakugo, because, like, Bakugo's got a problem all on his own, but, like, Shoto's kind of got that in him as well. There's a lot of characters that really want to, you know, like hold, hold the piece and whatever, and they're really enthusiastic about it. Yeah, I just mean it. It just seems like an interesting fit. That's all. I, I agree with you that it's probably not the case, but it's such an interesting fit. With I thought about that a long time ago, but I could never make it work because it doesn't make any dang sense. Because like it, it wouldn't make any sense, like in the in the uh, in the terms of like. Granted, there is a huge chunk of All Might's like movement that we don't know of. And that also includes one for all, but I mean all for one. But that still doesn't make any sense because 
like there's no way that like there's no way he could have done something with his, uh, Deku's mother and she would have gotten pre- I mean get the, the chances of pregnancy are always like 50-50 regardless of whoever you're with but at the same time it just seems kind of weird because that also means that uh, all my this would have happened like 15 years ago 15 or 16 years ago mm-hmm. I don't think that fits the timeline all Might was battling over one. I could be wrong about that too, because we don't know exactly when all this happened that's missing in his movement. As I considered it, but at the same time, I could never make it make sense because none of it did. Like uh, this, this show likes to take like a, a huge emphasis on like uh, timeline and where things are happening at a certain time. They like to really use when something was happening in conjunction with something else. Yeah, it's just that there's such a there's such a correlation between everything. The symbol of fear that craves destruction is what they're calling him, and we have the symbol of peace on the other side with Deku and someone that constantly inspires hope and, and the good in the people and brings out the best in people versus someone that's constantly inspiring the worst in people and inspiring hope in those people. We have like them being like the leader of the group. You know, more they become more powerful whenever they're pushed to the light limit. I like their. There's just so many things and like. Nene, like, abandoning him, like, the parent, you know what I mean, to go, um, Nene abandoning the father of him to, to go be a hero, and then, who knows, maybe All Might, like, maybe All Might abandoned the mother once he became a hero, you know what I mean, like, maybe that, maybe he had time for until he got the power, and then he had to, for everybody's safety, he had to abandon him, you know what I mean, we don't know for sure, but, like, there's a lot of, possibilities do you know what i mean just but when i, I feel really like well. i feel like he was in high school when he met nana yeah it seemed maybe. like to me that all might was in high school i mean yeah i mean uh high school boys impregnating older women is a possibility but it's just <laughs> it's just one of those things it's like i don't know it doesn't and, to, to and me might, it doesn't only very secretive too you know and i don't know he just doesn't, there's nothing, like I'm actually literally, the only thing I could make an argument for is that All Might's eyes, when they are shown, are like a bluish green. So in the oddest, in the oddest way to make that work, and it's a huge stretch, like, I mean, like, California to, like, Florida stretch, um, haha, uh, stretch that, um, it could be maybe, for whatever reason, Deku's entire hair color just just was influenced by all my ties but that doesn't make any sense because i don't think there's any genetic relevance to that um tie color and hair color i could be wrong about that too but i, I mean i just all my just a, is just a typical like blue hair uh, blue eyed and yellow haired guy like it, it, it just i don't know and also all my doesn't seem to have that much that many uh that much luck with the ladies and you think that like uh if that was the case that he definitely had met her a long time ago, you think that uh, Deku's mother would have brought that up. I mean, even just passing. Oh yeah, that's right. I used to date your. I used to date your um your your teacher. Like what? <laughs> like even like that would have come up in conversation at some point. Yeah. Like, just, so, like there's, I mean, there's a lot of things missing in there. It's like you think that would have come up in conversation. Yeah, I mean that's it. Could it just it's too cool and interesting to completely. Um, I mean, I'll let you have that headcanon dream. I, I still don't. 
there's a, there's a, I've kind of given up on it because it just it makes my head hurt. It's like I've actually legitimately tried to, in my own brain, try to make that work. But as soon as I tried, it, my brain quit. It literally said, no, there's, there's, there's too many logistics missing there that don't make any dang sense. There's, mm-hmm. there, there is, in fact, a huge chunk of All Might's movement that we don't know about. But I don't, unless we know what from what time to time it's missing, from we don't know what he's been doing. Like, figuring out, like, Deku's age is, like, 15 or 16 by this point in the series. There's still a lot going on. Like, the math is not working, at least for me, in my head. So, like, like, it doesn't work, so it's not worth trying to push that theory. And and you're not the only one who's thought that theory. If you look online, people will say, is all my Deku's father? Like, there's, like, a lot of it doesn't make any sense. It's just like, oh, there's too much going on there. I mean, they could do a Back to the Future thing, but I think that even hurt that, that would even hurt the series. Um, yeah. It's moving on from that. Uh, I guess we can talk about the new group, the Paranormal Liberation on front. Uh, Shigaraki drops his name um, in front of all of uh, Redestro's followers and uh, causes a, pretty much a new restoration in what they want to do. As far as we can tell, it seems like Shigaraki doesn't care about a future right now he just wants to destroy but his uh his friends they're going to be able to do what they want uh which is interesting because um that means he's got he's gotten some type of trust with them now that he uh he truly trusts them and he doesn't care uh he's gonna like he's gonna do he's gonna make good on his promises with them i'm guessing um we also find that i guess toga is fine now i mean i don't know how much time elapsed between that that fight and um and uh where they were then but it's kind of cool also we also get a good look at uh why redestro is in the, Wait, is uh, in... the fight and when he goes up to talk to everybody uh yeah or is, is there an actual time card that says how much time passed no but it can't be that much time because he can barely walk after that that's true but like toga is like seems to be just fine she's just, just as chipper as she was before the fight yeah, Toga was also cloned, though. I don't think that's a clone, though. They would have brought that up. I think that was a clone. But he can only copy, he can only make direct copies of a person in the initial state. There's no way that's a clone he because. He did some sort of blood transfusion, and that might have been. Um, and he definitely did it because he was apologizing to her, and she's like, don't worry about it, I feel fine now. So maybe with the blood transfusion, it's some sort of like super one, and that would help us understand a little bit more why he was so important to that guy's immortality. Um, I think there's still something we don't know there that they're uh, they're sort of bringing up still, but like I'm 99.9% sure that she's a clone because why would they even show that if she wasn't? But if she's a clone. Why not show the real body? <laughs> oh, that was a real body to me. <sighs> Sorry. Um, I don't know. It's, it looks like he cloned her and then did something with. Um, that was the thing I think is that maybe he cloned her and then transfused the clone bo- uh, clone blood into her, and that's what healed her. Because like that doesn't make any sense that that's a clone. Because like there's a there's a several things that, that I want answered. Is like where's the where is he keeping the real toga then? Uh, yeah. I guess I don't want to know that because he's really creepy. But I mean, we don't know where her real body is if that is a clone. But I'm I'm more heavily on the fact that's not a clone. 
because if that's a clone, we'll definitely know for sure. Like she can't go into fighting, whatever, because she cannot take damage. Because she does take damage, she's gonna just turn to goop. He would be more protective. Of, he'd, be, he'd be more protective of her than normal. Yeah. Which is still creepy, but I mean, um. He must be great for threesomes. You could just make like few, few copies of his like girlfriend. Great. Now we're now we're on to the sexual applications <laughs> of court style. I just thought I was just thinking the next line after making a copy of your girlfriend. I don't know what girl would be interested in you if you could make a clone of her. Just something about that just seems off to me. <laughs> well, once they once she's cloned, they both love you, right? I I don't know. <laughs> I think we're walking into a we're walking we're crossing a border that I don't want to really cross over. <laughs> You're already over there. You're trying to get me to cross the border. I was like, I don't know if I wanna I don't wanna like walk that line. Uh <laughs> It's not cheating if it's still her, right? Oh, dear. Um, <clears throat> well, anyway, it's, so what were you getting at before I sidetracked you with um, whether or not she was a clone? I, no, I was just—I guess I was talking about the paranormal liberation front. You know, as the as the as as you brought up the evolution of Shigaraki is continuing here. So far, we only see him with one hand, and they say that, that one survived the skirmish somehow so it looks like it's also the hand is always on his face i mean there's no confirmation of that because it's on his face um but it's interesting too because in the last time like when he um when he got in a fight remember they brought him five hands and he's like what's the fifth one for and they said well because you broke one and he had that extra hand then and now he has the extra hand but it's the only one but i just thought that was an interesting parallel there were so many parallels in this that like in so many like cycle follows like one of the ones i put mentioned in my notes was that um when he was like about to emerge he um he started talking about like everything like it was a video game he was, like makia when they were like you have to go fight makia and he's like oh he's guys beatable he's just got a lot of hit points and then when he went back when he went to the city um yoshibashi was the boss like he kept saying oh so you're the boss huh you know like the like this all whole thing was a giant video game and I thought that was super interesting, like... I mean, he's always talked about things in terms of video games. Like, I mean, in his first appearance in season one. he had his emerging. Like, when he emerged, he stopped. Everything got really serious, and he started... He was still talking and doing his banter, but he dropped all the video game stuff, like, entirely at that point. But then, in episode 113, he goes back to... They start going back to, like, kid comparisons and things like that. He's a kid on Christmas, the, the scientist tells him, and he's full of dreams and hope. And, you know what I mean? He just, like, he starts going back to all that, like, kind of, like, childish comparison stuff. And I thought that was so interesting that, like, that they do that. And at the same time, they're going back to the cocoon imagery as well. Um, I don't know. I just thought that was super interesting that, like... They have this childish, playful, like, language, and then, like, he breaks out, and then they drop it all, and everything's much more serious. And then, all of a sudden, like, he's going back into cocoon mode, and they just kind of lapse right back into it. Like, he doesn't do any... He doesn't do any of that language when he's addressing... He doesn't do that until he realizes a new cocoon is coming back up, and then they start going back to that motif again. I understand. Also, I want to, I know you know, to say why and how was Insight negated. Um, 
when when he used insight to get those people to move the moment that shigaraki looked back at him is like when i guess to me i guess maybe uh fear can work in the same way if they were afraid of shigaraki because i mean shigaraki was already at that point had already destroyed everything took taking down their leader i'm pretty sure they weren't they weren't like willing to go down there and die even though for, for the feeling that shigaraki did it but i was like he doesn't have the power to do something like that Although yeah, I don't was... think it was a power. I just think he was just looking at him with malice. Cause, I mean, at that point he was he, he he at that point he was willing and able to kill anybody that came in his path. Yeah. So like I mean at that point I mean yeah I know it's a stretch, but I, I it's one of those things where in, in anime they typically do that where you know if a character looks at another character, typically they can feel each other out with their eyes in terms of their power level whatever. I think it was one of the situations where like you know Shigaraki was just able to throw out his murderous intent. To, to, to them and he's like okay we're not getting close to that that yeah. is a that is a wild animal waiting to pounce and i do want to kind of make a mental note of that though and see if anything comes out of that because it was very interesting to me i mean if he was if he starts to kang things of his mind i'm gonna be done with the series i what if he starts to kang things of his mind i'm gonna be done with the series yeah it's it's gonna be a little rough but i don't know it was just very interesting i was wondering because he was sort of almost using his decay ability on the other guy's like black energy ball and that made me wonder if like he was some they were somehow hinting that maybe his next evolution he might be able to like decay energy attacks as well as... oh, he was i mean he literally decayed it i mean he didn't i, I thought he was decaying the guy's hand and, and yeah he did he, did. he, he was doing multiple ball. he was doing multiple things in his in his confrontations with that man um he when shigaraki does come out of the final uh flashback um, Destro brings out like um, Burton 100%, and he swings it at Shigaraki, but Shigaraki just takes the hand and he just like palms it. Now, unfortunately for Shigaraki, he still took some of that burden, but he got rid of most of it. I think Shigaraki was learning that you know anything he touches that includes energy, he can just make it like lose all potency. Like, the, like yeah. it, it was part of the whole thing that anything connected to anything he's decaying just gets decayed. This is when I was like. It's one of those ridiculously overpowered abilities that he, he he just unlocked because he forgot he had it. Yeah, but that's what I meant. That's what made me raise an eyebrow and one that's what they were kind of getting at that like he he now could do that. You know what I mean? I mean, but, yeah. I mean, he first started showing that he could just decay things with his entire hand, and I thought that was weird because I thought it was specific. They even bring it up too. It's like he specifically says he can't decay anything unless he has all five fingers on there. Now he can just decay things with his finger. I'm like, hmm. Mm, that's gonna be a problem and he starts decaying and he's also touching all kinds of other stuff too like that hand for instance the hand he decays yeah. later but he doesn't decay then he touches it and he doesn't decay it so now he's, he can just literally activate the quirk when he wants to and it doesn't cause any problems yeah that's pretty cool he's, he's doing things like he, I think you even bring up that you know like when Des was fighting him during that situation where he's like finding out that Shigaraki is a little bit more dangerous than he, than he initially thought he was like he said he could have like touched a hero at that during a Kamui incident and gotten rid of them. Like he he brings up that he could have easily taken out one of the heroes during that fight. Shigaraki was like so an upgrade off over him over him, wasn't he? he? Was just completely an upgrade. Like when they were fighting, he was being pushed to the limit, and, Sh and Shigaraki was doing just fine. Like, well, I mean, Dest Redestro's ability depended on him being stress stressed. Shigaraki yeah, doesn't depend on that. 
he looks at him he's like why am i not stressed like he goes why am i losing stress about this fight and he has to use that armor that like puts him in pain to be able to like to be able to get out of that and like restore his stress he has to put his body in physical danger but like he's happy despite himself because he's watching this guy and he goes he knows that he can't lose he's like if i lose this fight we're gonna have a better then it's just proven that we're gonna have a better leader you know what i mean like he he's happy that he might lose to somebody that's going to be a better re- leader for, of this army than he is i guess speaking so of better leader he can't worry he can only worry so much because he can't really lose yeah speaking of better leader um it's kind of funny that they have that little just that little like thing going on i'm not sure it's juxtaposition of, i don't think it's that's what i'm looking for but like there's a situation where you see um as as sugar is about to destroy him or whatever he has a flashback to his uh team member saying that you know we could really use some money or we could if we could team up with uh the hasey the hasey people we probably have a better chance of doing stuff and he's he brings he, he brings the fact that he didn't do it and he takes his opportunity to actually like, merge with another group of faction of people to uh, to get what he wants so he's he's definitely learning with the whole evolution yeah. thing like he's he's learning to uh to take advantage of things that he's that's been presented to him in a in a very weird fashion, uh, it, it, it shows that he's definitely growing, and I, yeah. I, it just makes me more afraid of the confrontation that happens when we, we do have him fight uh, Deku if it happens. Yeah, absolutely, because like when you get into episode one thirteen, like I know it's in in one way you're thinking oh they're just like they're cooling everything down now going to slice slice the life kind of stuff and things like that. But, you know, and doing some doing some explication about what's been going on with the heroes, but at the same time, I'm, like, watching that, and I'm like, holy shit, like, this guy's, like, taking him to the next level and becoming, like, a completely new evolution of his character, and meanwhile, Deku's fighting the same robots they fought in episode one. <laughs> you know, with his teammates, and they're showing off their abilities, and the robots are going, you know, and stuff like that, but, like... It made them seem like very much lightweights compared to what was going on in the villain world. So I was like, these guys are kind of screwed unless they like. Kick I mean, that's why. I, that's why I'm saying I don't think. I mean, you brought this up before that we're coming, coming, coming close to an end. I know for a fact when that coming close to an end because the manga hasn't ended. Um, I will let you know when that happens because I will definitely hear about that finale at some point over the internet. But um, mm-hmm. but like and the other thing about this is that like you you see like with uh, I, I keep screwing up his name, but. Yotsubashi, like with Yotsubashi, first in the first episode we see him against someone that's really not quite as equal, like in the first arc where he takes over a gang, and he completely takes over that gang. And the guy even has like an ability that's kind of similar to his that he can reconstruct, destroy and reconstruct things. You know what I mean? Whereas like um, Shigaraki can only destroy things. You know what I mean? But the other guy could basically do that and then build, rebuild them again if he wanted to. And but you see Shigaraki like meeting this group, you know, that's a little bigger than his with a guy that's got a better power than his, and he still completely destroys them in the end of it. Like he's the winner of that that arc. Like, yes. Yes, the heroes won too, but he definitely won too as an anti-hero. And in this one you see another thing where you see him up against somebody that I wouldn't necessarily has a better power than him, but has him way outnumbered. You know, he has a whole town against his like five guys. And they're both leaders of their group, you know what I mean? They're both power, both more powerful as Push the Limit, just like Deku and, and uh, Shigaraki. And they're both just like Deku, like, carrying the legacy of their former, like, their former mentor, you know what I mean? Or their former deal. And he 
really like given the given how far behind he was really like wipe the floor of it you know what i mean like really kick kick the shit out of what was going on there and during the fight you see some parallels that reminded me of the hero arc as well like when um did you note that part that i put in my notes about when um i'm gonna have to look up his name again i'm so glad i have this written yotsubashi is holding on to that piece of robot armor did you pick up the significance of that that i picked up who the heck is Yotsubashi? Is that the name? Is that the name of Redestra? Yeah. Okay. I I, I kept referring to you. I never learned his name. I kept referring to him as Redestra because it was easier for me. Okay. Oh, I'm, I'm 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 caught up now. Sorry. <laughs> That's okay. So Yotsubashi is is fighting against him, and he's got that armor on his body, and the armor gets ripped apart. And you see one scene there where he uses like a a stray piece of armor as like his last line of defense, and it reminded me of the scene where Deku when they were doing that uh, race or whatever, when they were all running, Deku like rips a piece, he didn't have his, he couldn't really use his quirk and he was trying to get through without a quirk at all basically. And he rips that piece of uh, armor off and he uses it like multiple times throughout the fight. I felt like I was watching that again because the guy was down there in the mud, like holding that piece of armor. And like the last time I saw that was Deku. And it made me think of Deku when I saw him holding it. And I don't take that for granted because this anime is so good that maybe they were trying to draw like a little parallel there like that you know what i mean because this is like another scenario where there's a big mob of people all trying to do the same thing and incidentally they're not the people in that city don't seem like especially bad people like when they focus on them like they sometimes they look kind of aggressive but like when they're speaking and stuff like that like they are around 1432 of episode 112 like they sound like good normal caring people like nothing like Nothing that sounded villainous to me. But anyway, so Shigaraki is like sort of fighting in sort of a way like the good guys. Do you know what I mean? Like it's the, the bad guy version of a good guy, basically. And he trounces them, destroys them. And the whole time there's that constant like feeling that this is practice for Deku. And he's going through a lot of the same things and his rival has gone some of the same things that Deku's gone through, and you have that parallel. Is it the exact parallel from the other one? No, it's not. It's not a, it's not a gang leader with similar goals and similar like scenarios, but it is a parallel. Like it's it's the symbol of peace versus the symbol of evil, and they're going to be up against each other. And he's definitely not. He's even going to have the all, um, one for all ability soon, and. Deku is only gonna his edge is only gonna be the free quirks that like that guy won't have because he didn't carry it down through all that lineage. You know what I mean? Deku's only advantage is that it's a stockpiling quirk and maybe he'll have the advantage of it being stockpiled, whereas the other guy had it not stockpiled because he's the first one with that version of the quirk. But he's definitely going to have his work cut out for him when that guy comes out in four months. That was a lot of talking. Sorry. That was the problem. I don't. The thing is about Shigaraki, I like it. Hmm. I don't know if Shigaraki is gonna be like the main threat. This, this, it just seems like to me that, and I, I take this as the fact that he's sitting in a chair, and typically in in, in fighting anime, if there's a guy sitting in a chair, he's usually the last person you're gonna they're gonna fight, but he ain't gonna fight. He, he ain't gonna come out till like very very late in the in in the in the arc. But unfortunately, Shigaraki has this whole thing where, you know, a lot of people are saying he's going to probably be the final fight that Deku has. If that's the case, then he's not going to fight here. 
if, if anything, I mean, Shigaraki even brought up he's not gonna take he's not gonna take the heroes for granted. He's gonna he's gonna stockpile as much power as he can get so that way he can take them down because that's his goal is to demolish them all. Uh, which again is really scary. Considering how much decaying he can do from a quarter mile away, um, and how fast it accumulates too. It's it's ridiculous. It's not even a slow accumulation of decay anymore. It's like an immediate. Um, the moment he touches the ground and wants to decay, it will it starts spreading like real quickly. Mm -hmm. I almost want to say you can't even call that quirk decaying anymore. I think it has to be called something else. Yeah. Disintegration or something. Yeah. Yeah, that just sounds cool. Disintegration. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I just feel like I, I feel like what's going on here. It's going to be really hard for them to, to ramp up beyond this in the next fight. I can't think of what they would do. Like. And the way this fight is being built up, and they can either let you down by not having it not be as big as they're building it up to be, or it's going to be a fight where all the main heroes fight for survival, and they're in so much trouble that they have to count on the class A and B characters to provide support as like their cavalry because they have nothing else that's going to work well enough, and that they're going to have a huge battle with who's been set up as the main villain of the entire series 100% and they're going to be in the Deku's going to be having huge amounts of power-ups by then and Shigaraki's going to be having huge amounts of power-up and I, they've been training with the number one hero they've already trained with the for, Deku's already trained with the former number one hero Hawks is not really that great as a number three or number two now there's just like where do you go to, to amp this up even further like it's going to be really hard to amp this this they're gonna have to either go in a new direction entirely and introduce they could do but i just don't see how this becomes bigger than it is like they're gonna have to build up something else from scratch at that point i mean the manga's still going on and i don't know like this is going on past this point like that's when it, it, it continues as, as far as i'm aware it, it has gone i don't know what the next arc's title thing i've seen that it definitely goes past this arc and also i've been hearing that uh it gets exceptionally dark from here on out. Uh, and I could see that it's going to get dark. As how dark it's going to get, I have no idea. Because yeah. um, they, they renamed the arc My Villain Academia. So I was like, okay, things are going to start going downhill for the heroes at this point. But honestly, my, my thing is, I don't think this is going to be what we think it is. I think it's going to be one of those situations where like the villains are there's a plan amongst the, uh, a brewing amongst all this and they're trying to distract the heroes because they've done that several times throughout the course of this series that they the villains have been distracting the heroes so they can get to their real goal um what would the real goal be at this point if he can get all for one it's not take deku's quirk liberate all for one is what i would say one because time. i don't think I, like we like you bring up the fact that every time we've conned back to him and he's been in jail he doesn't seem all that worried but why wouldn't he be all that worried he's literally chained and it, as far as I'm aware they're probably constantly checking his chains to make sure he can't get free yeah Th there's no real reason why he should not be concerned he's been smiling ever since we had that scene with Deku talking with the previous successors I have the strong suspicion that he's linked somehow, and he can he knows when you know he knows when a a, uh, a successor has been in contact with the previous lives. Um, 
They even bring up, even the doctor brings up as he's talk, trying to train Shigaraki or shock him into shock therapy, whatever he's trying to do with him, do to him there. He brings up the fact that like one of the main, one of the main goals of All for One, and it's been, it's been, it's been a failure for as long as he's been alive, is the power that he gave, uh, he gave away has been un- not under his control since day one. And uh, he brings up uh, All for One, One for All, and Shigaraki's eyes light up. Um. I will say that that makes me think that maybe All for One did tell him something, but maybe he wasn't specific. Like maybe he left him some clues, and what the doctor said to him is probably what pieced it together. Um, if he like, if one of the goals is for All for One to reclaim uh, All for uh, One for All, um, telling Shigaraki that his main goal is to give him that quirk is probably what's going to sell a lot of the future stuff in the future. Yeah. Uh, I don't see this being like I feel like what's going to happen is they're probably this is probably because it, it, it seems like things are going too well even for Hawks for that matter and I just think Hawks isn't all that good but things are going way too well he he thinks he's um he's full he's full Dobby uh, also did you happen to see that in that flashback with Hawks uh, he has a duffel bag and we found out that the duffel bag is best genus do you think that's a fake? Uh, is it just a brand? Is it just like swag? I didn't see that, but that's I would imagine it would be like swag. No, it's like I mean, it's like when when Hawks is talking to uh, Dobby, and they have a little bit of flashback of like because he's like Fox saying that he's got to he's got to hurry up, he can't be too slow or it's gonna it's gonna um things are gonna look bad really quickly. We see that there's a point where he has a duffel bag on him, and he opens it up. When you happen, if you look, if you look hard enough at it, you can see Best Genus in there. And it doesn't look like clothes; it just looks like him. You see his blonde hair. You see his. You see his trademark jean clothing. It just seems, seems so odd to me. And we saw that Best Genus was fine earlier on, but then again, we I do remember seeing that um, in that scene where we see the Best Genus is fine. Hawks is a uh, got a giant feather on him, and I don't. I never understood why he he brought that out. I don't know. This is a really good catch on your part because I completely missed all of that. The only thing I noticed from that interchange was that um, Dobby says that he's number two, and the uh, ice guy from the previous episode had identified Dobby as the most dangerous after Shigaraki. So I was thinking that like. The number two villain was kind of giving a nod to the number two hero there, but that was the only that was the only anything I got out of that moment. So that was a really good catch on your part. So I don't know what's happening there, and I hope we get confirmation about that. Cause I thought he was fine. We also got that whole like little story with Bakugo saying that he's going to tell him what his hero name is. So we got to get some we we got to get some we got we got to get like a resolution to that. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I like to know what his what near hair name he's chosen. Granted, judging with how anime likes to handle names, I'm not. I'm gonna probably be very upset when we do hear it. <laughs> no, I say this because I have a history of like being very excited about a name that they're hyping up, only to be upset by it by the end. I I, I specifically call out um, the Yu-Gi-Oh anime. Um, there was a big storyline with the Pharaoh, who's the main character, who lost his memories. And one of the bigger plot points was him, for him to be able to move on of his life because he's already dead. Um, he needs to remember his name so he can move on. And they they make they make such a big 
deal about this name that I thought was going to be the best name in the world. Like I was like, I was going to be, I was going to be satisfied by the end of the series. Cause I literally spent a good majority of my life following that story to the end. Um, and when I found out his name was, I was very disappointed and very upset that I wasted all my time on that. Mm-hmm. So I'm expecting the same thing here, but so far my hair game has been very surprisingly good to me. So I, I mean, 50-50 shot on whatever his name is. Because <laughs> I've, I've been I've been coming, I've been trying to come up with names for him as a hero for years now. And the best thing I come up with was this Grenadier. Because it was giant grenade hands. Other than that, I had not been to come up with a better name. <laughs> well, is... since he's so proud that he since he's so proud that he can hover, and he was telling Deku how he won because he already learned how to do that. What if we call him Firefly? Oh dear. No. No, I'll be really upset. <laughs> I'd be very upset. <laughs> no. He could just be like pushing into De- to Deku that he learned how to fly first and his name would be Firefly. It'd be so good. Speaking of, I guess, the float quirk that apparently belongs to All Might's successor, I-, yeah. I see on here you wrote that she had big hands and he thought maybe she had big hand quirk. I-, I, had- I had assumed that, but then we come to this scene here confirming that she has a float quirk. But that must have been some odd. Too big, though. That was, those must have been like that. Might have been a a, a misstep drawing. I don't know unless why they would have done are, that to her. The hands are connected to the float ability somehow. What she could make her hands float and make them look big. That doesn't. Maybe the power was like in her hands, related to her hands or something. I mean, part of her po- costume, though, if you look at if in every single scene that she's been a part of, her hands have been covered. Uh, when she's been in a hero costume. Yeah, like they've been drawing attention to them and, and them. So it's very possible that there's more to the hands than than we get. Maybe so she far. unlocked another quirk and she didn't tell All Might about it. Who knows? I mean, we we know that she didn't tell All Might everything. Yeah. I mean, we 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 find out that All Might didn't know anything about the successors in the in the quirk because they never talked to him, which is even I still find that odd. That like um they talked to at least one person talked to Nana. But nobody talked to All Might, unless All Might forgot. But like he was very, he was very adamant that he's never experienced the phenomena that like the Deku has. I mean, even Deku brings up when like when it first happened to him for the very first time when he was uh, fighting, what's the name? The guy with the mind control ability. I forgot his name. Oh, I can't remember. Dang it! And I like him too. What's his name? Dang, this is gonna bother me for the rest of this. Tell me your name, Harvey Dent. Oh no, please, no, not where is he? <laughs> Jesus. Can we trust him? Not where is he? Harvey Dent, can we trust you? <laughs> My son has a little tiny, like a little Batman toy, like a doll mm-hmm. that is with all his other dolls. And uh, at the end of his bed, there's like a million dolls. There's like Taco Bell dog and and like Mario and and just a bunch of typical kid toy dolls. And Batman puts my kid to bed so often. And he's like, Grayson, Grayson, it's time for bed. Jesus. Have you checked the closet for predators? Says <laughs> <laughs> like, so all these like Batman-y like things. <laughs> And I used my Harvey Dent. Can we trust a voice for it? Sorry, sidetrack. No, it's no. I thought that was going to drop my memory, but it didn't. It just made me laugh because that's probably the cutest thing I've heard. (laughs) (laughs) 
sometimes he like I distract him. He'll be like, "Look at that!" and Grayson will be gone. And then when he looks up again, Batman's right next to him, and he's like, "I tricked you." <laughs> I'm Batman. <laughs> Dang it! As I was protege, uh, like when he first uses Kirk on him. <laughs> I'm gonna remember. This is gonna. I'm gonna remember. I'm gonna remember this when we off. When we're offline. I'm calling it now. I'm gonna remember his name when we go offline. Cause I see his face, but I can't put a name to it. <laughs> like, uh, but um, we see him like when he first sees the manifestation of the other users pop up. It's like for the very first time. Like all my says that I've never seen that. That's never happened to me before. And Deku remembers the fact that he saw him in there too, which is even odder. Um. I guess another thing about the users too, we found out they all died young. Yeah. Like they, every single one of them died young. It was like uh none of them lasted long. So I wonder including, has that had to do anything Nana with for what it's worth, right? Hmm? Including what Nana for what it's worth. Yeah, I mean yeah, she didn't last long. When she said I'd come back and to to the father uh to her son and then disappeared, you can probably assume that she didn't make that make it through that fight, you know? Yeah, I'm pretty sure she didn't. Uh, uh, and I'm pretty sure that fight was, like, was one for all for certain. Yeah. Um, in episode 111... I mean, all for one. Um, in episode 111, where we see her big hands at 1751, um, Shigaraki is holding up a sign that says six. Is that because she was the sixth All Might? I mean, all the sixth one with all... Um, one for all? Um, I'm pretty sure, because I think All Might's supposed to be the seventh. Yeah, I thought so too. It was a weird thing to have. And then he turns <clears> it upside <throat> down, like, at, towards the end of it, with a nine, almost like he's, like, the anti... The symbolism there, like, then, like, as he's holding it, like, he... And then it's upside down, and that made me feel like the anime was hinting that he was the opposite, that he was the anti... You know what I mean? Anti, uh, one for all. Because he turns it upside down a couple seconds later after you make that connection. There's no, I can't think of any other reason why they would show that and then have it turn upside down than, than that moment. I, I mean, like, one thing we're seeing a lot of, like, um, the Hero Award isn't pretty. I guess as we, as we wrap this up, but the, we're, we're seeing that um, the Hero Award isn't all that pretty. And, uh, I mean, even before this, with, uh, with the kid that didn't like heroes from during the camp thing, we see that, like, the people who are related to heroes, they also kind of matter, too, and they, they, you never really think about that until, like, you know, you, you end up dying and leaving somebody behind. Um, in some cases, a kid, for the most part, is actually what's been happening here. Um, usually the kid ends up resenting heroes because, like, you know, they, they hate the fact that their parent cared more about saving a stranger than trying to be there for them. Um, in mm -hmm. some cases, like, it, you know, the, 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 the scar is there for a while until somebody else comes along to heal it. But unfortunately, unfortunately for Shigaraki, his father had a scar on him all the way up to his adulthood that never healed. Um, actually, funnily enough, it, it festered somewhere to the point that he started abusing his kid because his kid wanted to be a hero. And, and I guess the abuse is the right word, but like he was concerned that, you know, something bad was going to happen to him and he didn't want his son going through that. Well, unfortunately, for whatever reason, he couldn't come with the words explaining to his son why, you know, it, 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 like when, he, when his son found, uh, saw his grandmother, he freaked out and slapped him. Like, it's one of those things like, you know, kind of makes you wonder if you put Deku in a situation with the exact same, same thing happen, and I honestly would say, yeah, probably. 
Deku would just Deku would just love him. Whoever did it to him. The worse you are to Deku, the more loyal he is. Where are you getting this from? Uh, Bakugo. Dang it, Jack. Why? What? It's true. Bakugo is horrible to Deku, Deku and Deku is like this to him. I mean, he sees him as a friend. Like they, they have a, they all, they both have a, they all, they both had a hero in common, regardless of how much Deku, how much, how much Bakugo hated it. Didn't Bakugo like destroy one of his notebooks or something at one point? Yeah, that was the very first season. I want to say it was probably the very first episode. Yeah, Bakugo was a jerk. Well, he was a jerk. He's getting better. I mean. Like I said before, like Bakugo, I would hate Bakugo a whole heck of a lot more if it wasn't for, if it wasn't for the fact that you know, typically characters like him typically aren't as good as they pretend they are. But like in his case, he he's like he's the complete opposite of what typically a character like he would be, which is actually really fun to watch because we get to see, okay, what's really at the root of his attitude. Um, we still haven't really figured that out yet, but I mean maybe at some point we will. I mean, Best Unis is the only hero that's actually been able to reel, reel in Bakugo, which is kind of funny. Yeah. Well, Best, at the same time, don't, it would be Best Genus, wouldn't it? He's like, he's got that level-headed, hard-to-shake attitude, and he's really, really good at what he does. I mean, that's true. I really like to see more of him in a fight, though. I like to know, like, I wonder what, what, what where was he on the... Where was he on the chart? Was he number five or four? He was like the number three or four. He was in the top five, but I thought he was number three or something. Whatever. He was pretty high up on the. He was pretty high up on the chart. Yeah. You wouldn't think. You wouldn't think he would be, but he is. Um, well, I figured he was kind of like a racer head. That he was like. Um, right, so he doesn't put himself on anywhere. He doesn't want to. Uh, he doesn't want to be seen in the spotlight. What I'm saying is, I thought he was a racer head number four. He was the number four and the current number three. Okay. According to the wiki, whatever that means. Um, but I, I mean, what I mean by racer head is that his his ability wasn't necessarily a great combat ability, but it um, combined with his skill. You know what I mean? Made him someone that could like get away with it. Because Eraserhead's one of the better heroes, in my opinion, but his skill, his ability is not, like, top tier unless you're specifically in a group setting fighting a villain whose ability he can negate. You know what I mean? I mean, for the most part, there's very it's really rare... It's very, I don't think there's nobody's ability he can't negate. I mean, I think the only, the only case is, like, a no move with multiple abilities. That's the only case where his quirk kind of fails. Well, or that guy in the walls, or, you know, someone... Well, he has to look at him directly. I mean, that's kind of the faulty part of it. You have to look directly at them, but... Or I mean, once you directly like... look at him, he, he, he he's, he's boned. What about, like, Mustard, for example, who could, like, hide himself in a fog? You know, like, there's still people, but... Yeah, I think it's generally not a big deal, but... He's... But he's... What I'm saying is he's a good hero because of his ability. Like, he's... He's a good hero because he worked for it, and he like taught him combat self combat skills, and he rounded himself out. 
he's not a good hero because he's got a broken ability or something. And Vestinus is kind of the same way. Like he's got a not incredible ability, but he's he's made it work because he's that good. Yeah, I'm saying, I mean, that's what I like about some heroes. Like, I mean, they're they make what they have work. Um, <clears throat> but uh, yeah, we we've seen. I guess continue off as we uh, I guess about to close this up, this podcast out. Um, we're seeing that uh, we're starting to see the underbelly of the, of the hero world at this point. Um, right now, the just with what happened with the underbelly of the hero world and the underbelly of the villain world. I said the underbelly of the hero world because, like, I mean, so far we have we've seen nothing but like um. The good side. There's been varying instances of like failure amongst the heroes and whatnot, but that a lot. We've seen we've seen like all kinds of failures and successes with the villains. I mean, we we know what they're about, but uh, I'm starting to wonder of like if there's still some, you know, darkness in in, in the hero world that we don't know about. Because um, for one, you have like uh, when course first coming out, you know, we have like laws and stuff like this, and I remember. I remember being specifically concerned that there was, you know, policing of abilities um, to begin with when we saw that back in season three. Or for, I forgot when we started hearing about there being laws uh, about using abilities. Um, I remember being specifically kind of concerned about that because, like, you know, if you if you call enough people, you're going to cause a problem. And we found out apparently there was a problem because the liberation group was around for years before. Um, like it's, it's starting it's basically from the just you know from what we're learning about the liberation and you said before is a good point is that i knew this i realized this like after episode 112 I was like they seem to be good guys because like they inadvertently helped out shigaraki with his own problems inadvertently they didn't know that you know they were gonna like have him regain his memory in the middle of a fight but he did and, and, and it really really roundabout way helped a lot of the people in, in his group out with their own problems. The ones that actually had problems that could be resolved um, mm-hmm. to an extent. But it's like, you know, like they, like they were a bunch of good guys trying to just, you know, have an identity because, you know, they saw their ability as a part of their identity. Um, it's one of those things like you can't like quell, um, you shouldn't try to quell a person because of what they like or what they are able to do, whatever. In this situation, it's all about what they can do. And like, look what they look what they done. They've literally had them. They had these people. They they quote these people so much that they had to go to the villains and look at them as saviors and gods and whatnot. That's essentially what's becoming this now because now, Shigaraki's group has all the money they can ever need, all the manpower they could ever want. Um, and based on what they need, they can they can put together a group of people. And I'm pretty sure there's still quite a few people in that group that can still detonate themselves. Um, for that lady who I don't even know was alive or dead or not, um, but maybe they may seem like they may seem like Toga killed her, but I don't know. But uh, so there's still quite a few people that can still detonate themselves. Is you know, and they also have the insight dude, who's already like, um, you know, he's already made him made it made it quite known that he's gonna follow Destro's lead, and Destro is gonna follow Shigaraki's lead. Too much, too much to the point where you know he's like he tells him to leave, he leaves immediately. I do. <clears throat> I do like we get confirmation about why he's in a wheelchair. God, I do remember saying that earlier, <clears throat> and was kind of concerned that like, how do you know in a chair? And like we found out, well, he got his legs, re- he removed his legs to prevent them from decaying the rest of his body. Mm-hmm. So got that confirmation. 
But um, not much. We got uh, the end of the, the end of the last episode uh, is for the season. We see that uh, all the hero students were called for a work study, um, to the same place. So everybody that we are aware of, listen. Class 1A is going to be involved in the next arc. I mean, something big's coming. Um, because Shigaraki is, you know, being electroshocked into, like, coherence or something. I don't know what he's trying to do. He was, he was, he was not specific about what he was trying to do to Shigaraki. He's going to be in pain for something. Because it sounds like maybe, based on what I, when I was watching the second time, it seems like maybe he's trying to make it so that Shigaraki has enough memory to sustain more abilities. So I don't I don't know that's really what's going on there, but could you talk about like how the human brain can't take on when we already seen with the nomus that you know in order for you to jam more abilities into a person you have to turn into a mindless zombie. So what do you think about that with um what they were talking about with the quirk singularity? Even though the quirks mixing and then um becoming more powerful? I mean, we, that, we kind of already they, seen the Kurigiri. The way they described it was they said they mix, grow more complicated, more stronger. And he was talking about his tech couldn't keep up, and he was calling it a quirk singularity and saying that um, All for One was the only one that took him seriously. But an All for One we know is very, very, like, his strongest non-quirk ability is, is identifying um, potential in somebody. You know, or something. Do you think the quirk sing- singularity could go deeper? Um, do you think the quirk singularity could go deeper than that? Do you cause things to go into some sort of spiral where, like, people, the quirks are too strong eventually, and, like, they end up kind of wiping out the people, like, the people that have them? I mean, well, that, that sounds like something that he's already trying to do as it is. Like, he wants to solve chaos and destruction. But uh, is that the natural? Well, is that the natural progression of a quirk anyway? That like eventually, like humanity would be wiped out be, by them, and maybe like maybe that's where Aerie's coming in. That they've been doing all this payoff with Aerie. That like maybe she's going to be the being someone that can reverse this, reverse evolution, um, cancel out quirks and things like that. And maybe like she becomes critical in future storylines because quirks themselves are going to eventually become too strong, too complicated, and things like that, and that the, the trajectory would be that people in general would become, like, no news. Or even, like, even if people in general don't become, like, no news, maybe they're doing something where it's going to force people to become, like, no news, like, because of these shots and amplifiers and stuff like that that they're experimenting with. You know what I mean? Like, will those just turn people into mindless hulks eventually when, like, there's too much for them to, like, handle? Probably, I mean, the doctor, most of us don't trust him. I mean, he, he he's a man of science, and he he's says very that he, smart. I mean, he's you know he's he, he's um he's already said he's 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 done the numbers, he's done the research. I'm pretty sure it is the natural progression, but I don't think it's going to happen as fast as he's making it seem. But then again, what do I know? Because like, uh, but they can amplify quirks with that drug and stuff like that. This is certainly something they've been looking into. You know what I'm saying? Is like, I don't think like. Like I'm pretty sure it's natural progression, but at the same time, um, it's in, it's in like it's in like an ultimate doomsday scenario that only uh, all for one seems interested in to expedite. Cause but like, wouldn't that be a cool like next step to all of this? Do you know what I mean? Like I was saying, like how could you pop this up a notch if quirks, no matter who had them in the first place, 
became the enemy, that would certainly be a big deal. Maybe even Deku, as he starts getting six or seven of these quirks built up inside of him, maybe even Deku's going to have a, a struggle, like, containing all of that. Like, this is unprecedented. Nobody's even spoken with the others in a group like this before, you know? Or had this, or had the quirk this intense inside of them. I mean, I guess it all depends on, like, how powerful, like, a quirk is going to be. Because, I mean, they've already stated that none of the quirks that are inside uh, all for, uh, One for All are even that impressive. They're only really they're only really impressive in certain situations, and they only gotten as powerful as they've gotten because of the time that they spent inside that uh that uh that wormhole that that is Deku's ability now. Um, and like we know, all for one's been like experimenting. With, I'm actually kind of curious when the doctor even met him. Uh. Cause I don't think Alfred was doing this like from the very, from the very beginning. From what we know of the backstory of the quirk, anyway, he, he was just trying to, you know, he was trying to take quirks from people and then give it to other people. It didn't seem like he was trying to like stockpile abilities into one at that time. So something something changed um, in the years that he was living to uh, for him to for him to get to this point. And I think that doctor is probably like, the, the the biggest catalyst for it all. I mean, I guess, I don't know, like, I don't know how you would make the quirk itself the enemy, other than maybe putting into somebody that could handle all that power. Right. Because you, you would think if, if quirks, the quirk similarity is a real thing, that somebody at some point would have to be able to handle all that power at once, so there's no way human evolution in that world could um, not progress to that point. They, they already brought, like, the kids that, you know, Bakugo, Todoroki, Kami, uh, that wind dude were trying to train to, you know, uh, for the, uh, for, cause the kid, the t teachers have a, hard, have a hard time keeping a hold of these kids cause they know how awesome they are. And, um, yeah, people like they're trying to show them that like, you know, it's all about how you use your ability. So like the quirk similarity thing kind of, it kind of is already starting to happen cause abilities already starting to become stronger when they're younger versus being stronger when they're older. Mm-hmm. Like it's all about like I guess what he means by uh, what he truly means by the singularity because it sounds like he's never gone too deep into it with anybody because anytime he's brought up people laughed him, laughed him off. The like, offer was the only one who sat down with him and probably listened to his entire story. But yeah, again, it's scary because it's like what has he told all for one that all for one's already kind of like started you know put putting the process in his brain. I don't know, but it just like, seems like a really good doomsday scenario. That's all I'm saying. You know? I mean, who knows? I mean, the, the doctor, he's been in the background making no moves all this time. Who knows what he's attempting to do? It's like, I mean, the doomsday scenario is still a thing that could happen. You mean Dr. Giro? Oh, we're not calling him that. Wow, that's that's a name I didn't expect to you to pull out of nowhere. <laughs> I mean, it makes sense. That's a name I did not expect for you to pull out of nowhere. I'm sorry, they're not they're not they're not gnomus, they're androids in that. They're not gnomus. As technically speaking, they're not androids, they're cyborgs. Oh, you're right. That was a that was a mistranslation error that happened over here. I know, but that's that makes it even better. I was baiting you to say that. <laughs> because
because then they're half science and half biology, and that's exactly what we're dealing with with these nomus. Yeah, so that we're going to end this, I guess, discussion off here. Um, following so next, I have a couple of questions before we get to the end of the podcast. Um, so he's going to be in that cocoon thing for four months. When is X Day coming? Uh, if that the show has been really good at following real time, I'm pretty sure four months, if we're looking at it in real time, October, November, December, January. Four months could be that point, or, or, four months from December, January, February, March. That's a stretch, but I, I mean, if if the show's coming back in March, is is my hypothesis. Um, X day will be when the show starts back up again. So I suspect that there's going to be a time skip before we start episode one. Well, when uh, they do the preview, they show that it's spring because they're showing the um, cherry blossoms and stuff like that. But what I'm saying is, is he going to be there for X day if he's in a cocoon for four months? I highly doubt he's going to be doing anything, even if he does come out of the cocoon within four months. That's what I mean. So is he missing X day uh, with his own army? I'm pretty sure because I mean, he he already stated that he doesn't he doesn't care about much of anything. I mean, he's going to let his he's going to let his team members do what they want. So if like he's if he's already stated outright that they're going to be generals in, in in this army thing, he he doesn't need to be there. As I said before, he he's already taken the role of the of, of the ultimate leader and all be all guy sitting in a chair that is typical is typical in most modern day shonens now. There's a guy in a in a chair leading the entire operation from wherever he wants to be. Um, perfect example, Eisen. People hate that dude because of how much he knows, but he's only ever sat in a chair for more than 200 episodes. So, like, he's already he's already taken on the role of the of the ultimate leader sitting in a chair. I don't suspect he's going to be doing much of anything. Plus, maybe maybe what he's going to do is he's going to come out of the chair and he's going he's going to do what I hypothetically said was that something tells me I don't think this is going this is going way too well for a huge operation. Somebody should have found out that someone's been leaking information to the heroes all this time. Mm-hmm. I have a, I have a, I have the, I have a very, I have a sneaking suspicion that I think that Dobby has been leading Hawks on this entire time, and um, and that like he's already told Shigaraki that what he's planning to do is like leave the heroes to be over here, and it's gonna it's gonna leave something important unguarded. And my my theory is that it's gonna leave um. Because if he's involved in the heroes, there also there's going to be a lot of police out there to arrest people. So, in my theory, it's like maybe what's going to happen is that Shigaraki is going to one man army rescue his mentor, <laughs> and who can stop him? Deku is off in a work in a work uh, working with that. All Might's not a superhero anymore. I suspect Endeavor is going to be busy doing do, helping in any way he can over there too. Like, there's not going to be many heroes out there that are gonna be have the potential to stop Shigaraki when he decides to like break down the cell doors. Like nobody could stop him unless he was like a top hero, but they're gonna be busy with the operation over there. Uh so it's like something tells me that I think that this is this has been going too well too fast. Uh I feel like somebody should have figured something out, but nobody has brought up that, you know, what's Hawks truly doing here? 
because he's the number two hero. Like no one's ever questioned anything. It's things are going way too good for the you know this to not be a to, to be a ruse. The villains have been doing have been doing a good job at like deterring the heroes and making sure they're at, they're at a certain spot so they can do what they need to do. What what we what we different about this time? I don't know what would be different. But if something's going on. Like I really think it's like I feel like it, it's like the real goal here is to get their master out because they've uh, it's been a good they've been a good majority without him. Uh, growing and learning to operate by themselves like you know the next thing would be to rescue all uh, all for one because all for one's been doing nothing sitting on his behind the entire time smiling i feel like all for one doesn't need to do anything right now he's deliberately because um shigaraki needs to be pushed to the pushed to the limit like i deliberately think he's saying like this is it like just like the scientist guy was like he's saying, like this, he needs to be on his own right now to grow. You can't coddle and coach him. That was what he was criticizing All Might for doing, and now he's just like biding his time. He's probably immortal, so he's just hanging out there and and being out of the scene so that he's not interfering with with this guy's growth, and he can he can reach his full potential. It makes perfect sense to me why he's not there. You know. No, I'm saying I feel like that, like, and the real is, I mean, Shigaraki's been, I feel like Shigaraki's been trying to buy the time to figure out how to rescue his mentor. Regardless of how all for one feels about, like, how, like, the approach of training your protege, Shigaraki mm-hmm. is still, he, uh, still, is still, in his own mind, still a little kid. Because, I mean, you make the comparison, he's like, a, you make the comparison to a child, he is technically still a little kid in his own brain, in his own mind. Like, yeah. he's going to seek out his, he's going to, he's going to do everything in his power to seek out uh, a parental figure. Who's been that parental figure? All for one. All for one is in jail. He owes a great debt to the man. What? How can like? How can somebody? How can I repay this debt? How would I break him out of jail? How would I do it by myself? Because it doesn't seem like Shigeru is all that invested in this like parental. I mean, not parental, but the paranormal front. He he's like he's done it, and it seems like he's only done it because he wants to like you know he wants to be able to be an effective leader and. Gain the trust of his uh, of his friends, quote unquote, in this Liberation Army. He's already given them a, a role as being generals to command this front. It seems like to me he's trying. Shigaraki is trying to stay, at, I guess, as far away as from commanding a larger group of people as he can for right now. Because uh, mm-hmm. if he if he wasn't, he probably wouldn't have like he w- he probably wouldn't have just given all the power to his uh to 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 his com- com- comrades. Maybe he would have given some of the power to them, but not all of it. To me, it seems like he's trying to do his best to do another plan in the background, uh, and let his and let them take over for the time being, because he said he's gonna let them do what they want. Like that's not that's not something like you. I guess somebody would say like, you know, willy nilly. I think he's he, he's in, I think it's a plan in his own brain that maybe they don't know about, and maybe he's gonna execute it when he's finally out of the cocoon. Whatever that plan is, I still think it's maybe trying to liberate his master. Even if his master doesn't need it. I think he's going to try liberating him anyway. He hasn't once mentioned the guy at all, like, in a long time. It sounds like his pure interest is doing as much damage as possible, and he's kind of a, just sort of a trained weapon for um, All for One more than anything. That doesn't mean he's not thinking about him. He's released upon the Earth more than, like, I I know through manipulation and warping 
Like, I don't know. But I, just, I don't like, think. I don't. I mean, I don't think that means he hasn't thought about has, it. Like, some noble like goal for him. I, I don't think it's a noble goal. I just think that like, for like based on what he's done and everything we've seen in his past, like you know he's been groomed to do this or that. Usually, if you groom a good weapon, usually the weapon comes back to you to fight for you. Like I like Shigaraki, as much as he's as he's going up there to become the leader that All for One uh, wants him to be. I'm pretty sure All for One still got things he needs to tell Shigaraki, and I'm pretty sure he hasn't told him the whole story. I think there's bits and pieces that he hasn't told him, and I don't know how Shigaraki's gonna get the information because All All Might ain't gonna tell him, and Deku doesn't know enough to even like accidentally let Shigaraki know what's going on in the past. Like there's no one else, there's no one else in that world that he can get the information from other than the other than the person where it all started from. Shigaraki doesn't have that connection to the uh, all for one force. Well, maybe that's what he's trying to. I don't, you know, what he's trying to do now, but like he doesn't have that connection to the force. And they bring up all for one like uh, uh, during the uh, when they're trying to power him up anyway, saying that there's something that all for one has been trying to get get back, but because it's never it's not hasn't been under his control for several years. And that lights him, that lights his eyes. Like, if anything, even if it isn't a noble quest, maybe he's going to try breaking him out to figure out whatever it is that he was trying to do. And, like, say, like, take take over, take take it over to, to finish it off. Yeah. I mean, if anything, breaking, I still think breaking him out of jail, even if he doesn't need it, is, is um, it's part of the whole thing that he's probably saying that, you know, he's not trying to coax him to free him. He wants him to come to him to free him of his own uh, free will. He's gonna go in there to try to free him. Like I, I feel like right now he could easily do that by himself. He doesn't need any help from anybody else. Meaning, what else? What, what is his team gonna do? Try to keep the um, try to keep the heralds busy. Right. Because like right now, like the the heroes seem complacent enough to the point where it's like. Well, no one's trying to no one's trying to break all for one out of jail. We're just going to try to you know drill into him and see how much information we can get out, and we're going to use the the for one no one hero to do so because they have a connection. Like it seems too to me, everything that's happening right now seems too simple and too like going in the hero's way right now. Too like, I mean, and all of it's not going the hero's way. I mean, just the, the villains have been powering up too and doing their own thing and setting up this big coup that's going to happen uh, in the next season, but like. To me, it's like okay, they got Hawks in there. They can't 100% trust them, can they? And it's like I don't even know. Like if they even trust him 100%, because like right now things are going way too simple for him right now. I'm surprised no one's tried to hang him on the coals for it. Right. And there's no well, way like things are going too simple. So I feel like there's another goal involved with Shigaraki and like very and it's. Few people even know what's going on with it, you know? Like they very few people even like even um. Endeavor like didn't know what was going on at first, right? Yeah, I mean that's what I'm saying. Like Hawks was able to get information out to him um, through a book, and I mean as simple as it is to put something in a book so somebody can read it, it just seems kind of odd to me. It's like it, things have gone too simple. Like it, things have been going way too well. Like I'm surprised like Dobby didn't question him about what he's talking to Endeavor about. He just seemed like he just it didn't seem to bother him. Even mm-hmm. the um even the liberation front was like like they were like they didn't seem to be all that concerned. They were more concerned about like Hawks getting a cup of coffee inside the uh, inside the building. Like they're like the, the obvious questions that you think they'd be asking weren't being asked. Mm-hmm. So e- either to me, they know what he's doing and they're letting him they're letting him do it because it's what they want him to do. 
or two, there's something else going on here that Hox doesn't know about either, and Hox is going to be in trouble by the end of it. Yeah, I could see that, but they could also just, the show could also just be outlining how incompetent he is, like the Liberation Front was before the new leadership took over. But when Hawks was doing information, like the Liberation had already been taken over by Shigaraki. All that was happening in present time when they had already taken it over. Mm-hmm. Because we see we see Hawks running around the building with Toga and everybody else. We're trying to figure what are what's Toga and the gang doing here? Because they're like they're like they're having meetings about Shigaraki there. Shigaraki's in the back getting shocked to death. <laughs> Not the death, but you know what I mean. Like they're he's he's, 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 he's in shock therapy right now. It's like but everybody else is like doing their own thing, making plans about him being there. To me, it seems like to me, I don't think Shiraki is trying to be involved in that portion of whatever's happening. I think he has another plan involved, and it has to do with his former master. Mm-hmm. Like my headcanon is, I think he's trying to free him. Like he's he's gonna he's gonna one man he's gonna one man it down to that prison. Um, even if there are police there, he can just kill them all just by tapping the building and having a fall on them. I think once he gets good enough to do that, it's gonna be irrelevant that he can. I think once he does that, like he's gonna be so powerful that there's just something he gets to. Like I think he could probably do that now. I was say, I'm pretty sure he can one man it in there right now, but he's choosing not to. Right. For whatever reason. By the time he gets around to it, it's gonna be like no big deal at all. I feel like the like the ultimate like his one of his ultimate goals right now is to free his master. After that, I have no idea. All cars off the table. He probably like demolish an entire city because he's already done it once. <laughs> he's already done that once. He's 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 got like he's got earth shattering abilities now. Um, for like it's just ridiculous now how power, how much powerful he's gotten from where he was to where he is now. There's a jump. And, and, and it all happened because he got his memories back. Like I guess that proves how powerful the mind is. Yeah, you had no. Did you have more questions, or was that it? Um, let me check my list. I had one other note. Oh, what is the? I'm sorry. Did you talk about Stain yet? Oh no, I didn't bring that up. Uh, I guess we could bring this up real quick. Is that um, uh, because we don't know much about it, but we know that apparently All Might was supposed to talk to Stain. And now they're going to put off the conversation. It makes sense that All Might would do it, because he's the one that Stain respects so much. But that seemed kind of interesting. I mean, there's these little, like, threads that they've got. They've got Ares starting training, because something's going on with her horn, where electricity's coming out of it, and she seems upset about that, but I don't know why. And then they have, um, like... If you, go back, if you go back to the Chisuke incident, um, varying throughout the entirety of that arc, her horn was getting larger. It was very inconsistent because it seemed like some situations her horn would shrink, and other ones it'd be get longer. If you actually look at the scene where Deku is like um, holding on to Eri and her horn is like at the at, at its longest, uh, that her quirk was like, was at her most powerful. For whatever reason, it seems like her quirk is coming out of that horn. I have no idea why it's coming out of that horn, but it, it seems like to me it's coming out of that horn. Oh, see, I just thought the horn was like starting to grow again because it shrunk after it was being used. And then it struck me like that it was well, building back up again, and that 
actually was regaining its power since it's a stockpile it's, court. It's probably, there, I mean, like I said before, it's probably something to it. Like maybe, maybe she can she can only rewind things in short bursts, but if she doesn't rewind something for a while, it starts it just starts like stockpiling in her horn, and just becomes a lot painful for her. She's got to learn how to control that. I'm guessing. So she might be scared knowing that she's going to have to eventually how to figure out how to do this. And then they were like, well, let's go ahead and teach you how to use your quirk then and start your training. Because obviously we're going to need to get you to that point pretty soon. You know, because your horn isn't, it's still growing and it's not going to stop. But regardless of all that, it just seemed like sort of an interesting little plot twist that like, that they're throwing it in here almost like they had time to, you know what I mean? Like, they're like, yeah, let's get around to that because we're not sure when we're going to do it otherwise. And we're trying to build up for something that's going to pay off later. I, I have expected there to be a time skip, like a significant time skip before he got back to Aerie, like when she was like a, a teenager. I wouldn't say maybe wait until she's a young woman, but I feel like they, they would wait until she's a teenager, but maybe not. Who knows? I think they don't want you to forget that she's there. But, um, so what did you think about the uh, Stain thing? Like, what could they possibly be talking to Stain about? Unfortunately, talking to Stefan, I, I, I know, because he accidentally, he accidentally got spoiled and he said it to me. So I'm not going to tell you here. Um, but my initial thought was like, maybe he's going to talk to him, uh, to figure out like, what was going on in his brain. Um, th- the most logical step is like, maybe talk to him about him becoming a hero again. Mm-hmm. But like, well, like, is Stain so far gone being an anti-hero that he would even listen to him? Or as you said before, he does revere. Even when he was doing anti-hero stuff, he was still revering All Might. He was yeah, like, he was the only one that could kill me. You know, he's the only one that could kill me. He's the only one that could take me down. He's the only one that can put me in jail. Uh, so like, I mean, whatever is happening, it seems like you know whatever like whatever they're gonna have a talk with Stain about. I mean, they they had a talk at the end of this series, at the end of the episode, where you know Deku caught gentle gentleman, that you know gentleman was going to be able to be a hero after he served time in jail, so it would make sense because like gentleman is the other character that's kind of similar to Stain. They they had failed hero ambition, um, mm-hmm. and now they're going to get a chance to attain this 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 ambition that they had for so many years um, in their I later adulthood. Like Stain was a failed hero though. You feel like he was a, like he succeeded pretty well. He just got defeated. I think he's a failed hero because he didn't get just to be a hero. I mean, like a part of like the reason why he was well, doing the things that he was was he did he do exactly what he wanted and then just got defeated? I don't know if he I really even got what he wanted. I feel I mean, like he wanted to like, expose the underbelly. He wanted to expose the darkness in the world. I mean, with the darkness in the hero world. I mean, yeah. his, the, his whole thing, why he was even doing what he was doing is because he didn't think heroes at the time were heroes. You know, they were doing things for money, which, I mean, he wasn't wrong, as we learned later on in the series. But, um, because he wanted to be a hero, but after he realized what he had to do to be be a hero, he, he, he lost it and uh, started killing heroes. Well, not killing, stabbing them, making them limp. But, uh, he wasn't like... Like the closest thing he that he was was like anti-hero. He was doing what he wanted, and he was. Right. Uh, I don't think he was actually trying to be a hero, though. I think he did what he came. Beforehand, to he was. I mean, he was he was going to school. He wanted to be a hero. Only after he found out what happened. The guy, though, Stain didn't do that. No, Stain was like Stain was also went to college. Uh, uh, he he also was like uh trying to go into um, 
the school. I think he was actually successful and managed to get into a school, but uh, something something happened. They specifically said that something happened, and after that, he started like protesting, and that's when he went insane and became Stain. Mm-hmm. That was not meant to rhyme. I don't even think. I think gentlemen actually failed trying to get into a a, a school. Actually, I don't think he was able to successfully pass a test. I think that was his thing. But I'm, I'm almost certain that Stain uh, got into there, but something happened and he just, he quit. Because they bring up the fact that he was like, there was a kid, there was a guy and they equate him to Stain. It was Stain who was doing this, who was protesting in front of the school. Nobody paid attention to him. And he just, he just went, he just went crazy. Right. Like, I feel like he he was trying to he was trying to be a hero. He was on he was on the path, but then something happened and the man went crazy and just started like, first being the most, one of the more successful like people out there stopping heroes. <laughs> if anything, it makes sense that I think they're, they're I guess All Might would be the one to talk to him and maybe straighten him out, like and figure out what was going on. Uh. And we're, I, I don't know truly what's going. I don't know like what truly was going to be, become of this, because it maybe stands going to come back. Um, I guess speaking of like one, I guess one crackpot there for end this thing off here. Um, I thought this a long time ago, and I was like, no, this is making sense because they, they they spent too much time trying to build this up. But what if? Hear me out. What if like maybe Deku doesn't become the number one hero? Like what if what if the voice we heard was just some like crazy man in a delusion? The voice we heard was some crazy man delusion. So in other words, Deku is now a madman. That's the plot. Yeah, like either like either like in his in his mind this was this was Deku like this was Deku in his prime and he was about to you know, they're about to give out the name for the new number one hero in this time period. And he only assumes that he's going to get the title only for somebody else to. But we don't know it yet. Like, what if this was, like, some, like, very elaborate, elaborate ruse that we didn't know was coming to fruition? I mean, I honestly, listening to that, like, it doesn't make sense because of how much time and effort they're putting into Deku as a character. But it, to me, it'd be the funniest thing ever because, like, we spent all this time thinking we know that he's going to be the number one hero only for the fact that he isn't. Yeah, or like, or like, he's, it's all a dream, and he wakes up and it's all a dream. Or he's a madman in, the, in a room, and he just keeps punching things until his fists are black and blue. And that's the only correlation between that and what's really happening, except for his pet frog. Okay, we're going to end the podcast off here, because he apparently <laughs> wanted to do something to end this podcast. He got it. See you guys next time. <laughs>